The Perfect Ten. With Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time Radio Award winner. Yeah, welcome to another edition of The Perfect Ten. And once again, we're giving you two for the price of one. So, a 20-minute episode coming your way. And this week, the amazing Kira Dib. represented New South Wales in Rugby League and also made a stunning debut for the Gillaroos in their test against the Kiwi Ferns in Wollongong last year. Kira played 5-8 alongside one of the greats of the game, Ali Brigginshaw. Just before we get to Kira, Daniel Bosley is in the studio, division manager with our naming rights partner, Robson Civil Projects. Daniel, great to see you. How long have you been a part of the team? I've been with Robson's uh, since I graduated from uni, uh, coming up to 13 years at the end of this year, so it's uh, yeah, been quite a stint. I'm seeing some incredible projects all around New South Wales. Tell us more. Our showpiece project at the moment is down at Erskine Park. It's a road to service the Oakdale West Estate uh, for the big developer Goodman. It's recently been in the media that the first building that they've released uh, in this estate is actually for Amazon. They're partway through the structure at the moment and it's looking like an amazing building. And yeah, we're servicing the road that will service this estate. Daniel Bosley, a VIP guest in the studio for this episode of The Perfect Ten. By the way, that Oakdale West project is absolutely incredible. By the completion, it'll be valued at around $3 billion and create up to 200,000 jobs in Sydney's West. Okay, let's get down to business with Kira Dib. I caught up with Kira earlier this year at her old footy ground at Kingcumber on the New South Wales Central Coast, and I asked how it felt to be back home. Yeah, yeah, it always feels good to be back at Kingcumber, and it's my home ground, or it was originally anyway, so it always feels really nice to come back here. This period, how's it been for you? And let's not forget, two years ago, you were on the trip of a lifetime in the United States. Uh, it must just fill your heart with sorrow, particularly seeing New York, but you're also in San Francisco, LA. You're at Dodgers Stadium, Seattle as well. So it's just devastating what's happened. Super devastating what's happening. Um, I've been seeing, obviously, on TV a lot what's happening in the States because it is very, very advertised. And it's really bizarre seeing all the places that I got to visit and all the people that I got to meet who are now now very stuck in lockdown. And it's really horrific and really bizarre seeing how empty the streets are. But it's good that people are following what they need to do and hopefully it'll finish soon. So many people have said how lucky we are to live where we are and you know have the opportunity to go to beaches uh, for exercise. Yeah, yeah, definitely super fortunate. I think sometimes in Australia we forget how lucky we are and this is just one of those things you can see. Obviously, a lot of people in Australia are still struggling and terrible things are happening, but percentage-wise on the world, we're, we're very fortunate to be where we are. Has it reinforced to you what's really important? And for me, that's family, friends and health. Of course. Um, I've had to come back to live with my parents just for a few weeks during all of this happening and I think it's been really nice to reconnect where we can and make sure that our family and friends are really safe but yeah most definitely. When the footy gets back underway uh, what are your goals for 2020? Play (laughs) at the moment (laughs) the main goal for 2020 would be excellent to get back on the field but I just want to improve the little things in my game my game management skills my accuracy and my kicking um, everything that that builds a better player I want to build the little things first so I can have a good base to go off for the rest. Being here at Kingcumber, it's well documented. You came through touch football. Um, Who was influential along the way for you? Predominantly, I would say my touch football coach growing up, Brooke Playford. Uh, She had me from 
about 11 and honestly she's she's still my coach now I still go back and play touch with my Central Coast Dolphins girls but she did a lot to building my skill base and making sure that I did focus on those little things and because of her I was able to go through the levels in touch football and I've been very fortunate to carry that through rugby league. So she's still involved actively like what about after a game in the NRL does she contact you with a couple of tips? No no she's um kept my rugby league career outside of her scope but I did go back and play state cup with them this year and obviously she's got some pointers when I'm playing touch football but she's very positive Um, my whole team is very positive and they're really proud of me so it's really nice just to have their support behind me too. What were the highlights in touch? Oh touch football had plenty of highlights I played it for the majority of my I mean sporting career so far so I played CHS I played 15s I played all schools but my opens my opens career was probably my favorite there um 2014 I believe we won it and that was we won national championships and that was that was probably my highlight (laughs) I got to play 20s origin and stuff as well but I think working with the CHS team and Brooke Playford was my coach and my best friends were in that team and we'd worked so hard to get there and we finally beat Queensland that was that was probably my highlight you've said recently about competitive drive with your brother and that's one thing, uh, I was part of a seminar with a two-time premiership winning coach. I won't say who it was because of privacy and intellectual property. But two key benchmarks for them are competitive drive, but also a quest for lifelong learning. Now, you had that against your brother, competitive drive from day one. Yeah, yeah my brother and I were always very competitive, or I was just always competitive with him. Uh, but I think that helped me a lot because he played rugby league and that's why I started playing rugby league and... It was always good to have someone a little bit older than me driving my competitive nature because I always wanted to be ahead. So, yeah, that was good. We were at McKillop Oval this morning. When did you first pull the boots on here? Uh, I was six, or like the under sixes. I was probably about five when I played my first game for the Colts. But I was coming here for like when I was like one or two just because my brother played. So I was always at the field. I was always playing with a footy. Just, oh yeah, always had the ball in my hand. How did you like the physicality of, of rugby league? I mean, it wasn't anything different for me. That was that was the sport I watched. That was the sport I supported. And then it was the sport I played. So I love it. Um, it's been really good to go back to it after playing touch football for so long because that women's pathway wasn't there on the Central Coast. But yeah, it's just, it's just part of the game. It feels pretty normal to me. We spoke a moment ago about your trip of a lifetime being overseas. And that's where you had a bit of FOMO, fear of missing out because the girls' competition was underway. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, there was part of me that was super excited that the women's game had finally gotten some light and that that pathway was obviously becoming more apparent for you know, young girls like myself when I, was, when I was trying to go through the ranks. But also being really far away from a women's sport uh, acceleration, I suppose, in Australia was, was a little bit sad for me. I would have always loved to have been a part of it. So the second I got home, I tried to jump on that bandwagon as soon as I could. You play with the North Sydney Bears. One of my recent podcasts was with uh, one of the players that made their team of the century, the great Dave Fairley, who played 10 games for New South Wales, 15 for Australia, won a Challenge Cup with St Helens. Tell me what it feels like to be a Bear. To be a Bear is spectacular. Um, they obviously have a very rich and proud history at the club so it's been awesome to be a part of it and they've really embraced their women's program so I'm very proud to be a North Sydney Bear. What about for you? Did you have a hero as a kid and uh, did you have a team? Who did you follow? Uh, The Sydney Roosters. Um, My dad is a big Roosters fan and his family was growing up so it was kind of go for the Roosters or nothing (laughs) and 
just on that, like Brad Fittler um, is obviously my my main, the main person that I watched growing up, um, not only just because he was a rooster, but because he was an incredible athlete. So Brad Fittler was my main, was my main athlete I watched growing up. Probably in a photo finish for the best sidestep of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he was just spectacular. And he did that as a teenager, burst on the scene with the Penrith Panthers and premiership winner with them and also with the Roosters. What a player. By the way, the seminar I was part of with the two-time premiership winning coach, one of the things they really focus on is max heart rate, but they also focus on making great decisions under extreme pressure. Is that something you work on with the Gillaroos? Yeah, I think so. We have been doing a lot of you know, exercises to control the stress, not necessarily in a game, but we've been doing... At our last camp, we got introduced to Nigel Beach. So he is a official certified instructor of the uh, Wim Hof method. It's just a breathing and a cold exposure technique and it just controls your sympathetic nervous system. And we've been doing a bit of that to keep control. But obviously in our training, we're encouraged to, after our fitness testing, when we're at camps, we go into a, to a ball skills like style of drill. Uh, so definitely, definitely something we'll be working on. Do you feel like it made a difference? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, especially at the current climate. Like, obviously, everything's changing and immunity is, uh, like, very, very important in order to keep yourself healthy. So um, the Wim Hof method has been able to kind of control both of those or it feels like it does anyway. And, yeah, I definitely think it's helped. You posted a photo in Army Fatigues with a quote, get comfortable being uncomfortable. What did you learn about yourself and where was that? So Agila Roos camp this year that was in February had, they like to have themes for our camp and this one was getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So they encouraged us to face fears and all of those kind of um, anything that would make us uncomfortable. So that uh, the army photos were taken at camp where they took us to an army base and we ran through like a team challenge. They ran us through a team challenge and it consisted of like carrying logs and brain games and we had to build a raft and we had to swim with our raft for like two kilometers or something in this like lake and then at the very end of it we had to get up a really tall tower and just jump off it so the getting comfortable being uncomfortable was an incredible an incredible experience and we didn't realize how much that would resonate with 2020 which Obviously, we didn't know what was happening with the virus at that stage. So that has become transcendent in our plans at the moment. And we're still encouraged to make, get ourselves uncomfortable, but obviously in the safety of our own homes. Did you get any feedback from that session? Because I would see you as a real leader that people want to follow. Uh, did you get any of that kind of feedback? Or who was it in the Gillaroos that everyone rallied behind? The best thing about being in the Gillaroos is that everyone is on an equal playing field. So we obviously have our leadership group who do a lot of our speaking and they're the experienced ones. And when times are getting tough in a game and things, we obviously go to them because they're the ones that have that knowledge and have that experience. But in the army camp style thing, um, we all just kind of rallied behind each other, which was really fortunate. So if you saw someone getting fatigued, everyone was in control of pulling it back. So I think that's a really important part of our team culture. Tell me about Ali Brigginshaw. There's a photo of you standing alongside her. You're about to make your debut for the Gillaroos down in Wollongong against the Kiwi Ferns. Yeah, she is just such a hero. No doubt she'll be an immortal at some stage. And tell me what that moment was like. Being able to be 
uh, like a halves partner with Ali Brigginshaw is something that I had planned for way in the future. She's obviously an inspiration for young girls and for those coming through the ranks. So being able to play with someone, especially in such close proximity, uh, obviously both being in the halves, with someone with so much experience and so much talent was was incredible. Like sometimes you still got to pinch yourself that you're next to someone who's had that much experience and has come through the ranks. She started when she was really young and yeah, it's it's incredible to be able to play next to her. Does she say much on the field? Not as much as you would think. She's very organized, but she's not she's not loud, she's not aggressive. She has the respect of everyone, she does her job and she makes sure that everything runs smoothly without even needing to needing to do much. So she's incredible. What are your thoughts about the Kiwi Ferns? I think for a long time, it may have been over a decade, were they undefeated? I believe so, yeah. The Kiwi Ferns are really tough competitors and they will always put up the hardest fight in a game. So Obviously, I'm very fortunate to have won that game, but by no means do they give it to us easy. They did beat us in the nines, so they're a highly competitive team and they're highly professional, so it's awesome to be able to play against those girls too. Yeah, just back to that debut, 28 to 8, you set up two tries. I mean, it's one of the best debuts. It must have been like a dream. I think it was like a dream. It was. Being able to get the result by no means did it feel like we were... We were that ahead at any stage. Um, it was a very challenging game, and it definitely tested me as a as a player. So, yeah, still pinch myself, but very fortunate to get the debut that I did. At 22, it's my belief you could be the best playmaker the women's game has ever seen. Has anyone spoken to you about your potential? Um, and I'll tell you why. Because your vision and your skills are absolutely brilliant, but your kicking game is the best I've seen. Uh, has anyone spoken to you about what your full potential may be? Yes and no. Uh, I believe that people are, you know, helping me see the future and I obviously want to develop to being a long-term member of the Gillaroos squad and I want to get as many games in that jersey as I can during my career. But at the same time, you know, no one wants to talk about what's ahead before you start working on the little things in your game. So I'm very focused on what's happening in, you know, the next coming weeks and months uh, before I start thinking about the rest because it's, it's what we do now that makes us that player in the future, hopefully. Hey, by the way, for our Perfect 10 audience, Kira's got her arms folded now, so she, her body language is closed up, very uncomfortable talking about herself and her potential. Uh, what do you know about Karen Murphy? A legend on and off the field and a real pioneer. Have you had much to do with her? Murph is our assistant coach. So um, fortunately, I have had a lot to do with her. And before the test game, the whole week before is obviously us preparing and us going through training. So with Murph being a half as well, and obviously a very, very experienced and talented one, I was very lucky to have her actually working with me quite closely. Uh, She would stand behind me when we were running through our plays and our organizing, and she would make sure that I was doing it perfectly. And if I ever slacked off or ever didn't do something, she she would be onto me about it. So it's been really incredible. Once again, she's another one of those women who built the Gillaroos into what they are. And although she never got to play in the NRLW, players like her are the only reason that that's actually like able to be played by us in the future. So yeah, I've been very lucky to be with her. Have you heard about her exploits with the police, Queensland police, where she got the, she's got an OAM and also she's got an Australian police medal? Yep. See, that's, she's just an incredible human being. We know her as the goat and like 
that's for all of those reasons it obviously tells you why is it a good time to be involved in women's sport you see every code not just here but around the world just flourishing at the moment it's an amazing, amazing time to be a part of women's sports. So especially as a kid, I was always very sporty and we didn't really see much of women's sports. So it's really, really cool to see that the women's game for every little female athlete and as well for the boys, just to have that be normal and not not a bizarre thing to see a woman, you know, excelling in her game. It's, it's really incredible and I, I love being able to watch it. Who are the women who inspire you, whether it's on the sporting field or elsewhere? Oh, God, any woman who is currently making a stand for things like this. So all of the girls that, from little girls who just want to play rugby league to the Jillaroos in the past who are the reason that we're able to be where we are. Just women who are having a crack. Is one of them about 80 metres from us, uh, 80 metres further west? (laughs) Yeah, you know, my mum's been pretty good with it. My parents have both been very supportive through all of my career options and whether it was study or the bunch of sports that I played when I was a kid, both of my parents have been really supportive and, you know, my mum's always been right there behind me too. Have you deferred from university? What are you studying? Tell us more. And uh, also, what's your advice to young girls and boys uh, about their education? I'm still studying full-time, so I actually didn't take any time off with football because I obviously didn't expect it to be anywhere like it was last year. So, I remain studying full-time. I study exercise physiology at the University of Sydney and I encourage education always. Uh, I think it's really important, especially for those who want to be athletes, to have something that isn't your sport to focus on, Um, whether that's just to give you a bit of time away from the focus of it or just to educate yourself elsewhere because sport's always going to need a backup and it's always really good to have lots of knowledge. Um, I'm a big advocate for education, so I would say get involved. Did you score 90 plus on the HSC? No, (laughs) no, not quite. High 80s? Yeah, yeah. So I got in the 80s in my ATAR and fortunately because of all the sport that I was playing in year 12, I was lucky enough to get some bonus points as well that would have put me into that 90 range. But I think it's finding that balance when you want to excel in sport and you've got to put a lot of time and effort into training, but just making sure that you are having that education focus as well and find a happy middle ground. There's a lot of talk through COVID-19 about teachers and the role they play. Who are some of the teachers that had a huge impact on you? I got a few, actually. Um, One was my... I had him in like year one and year three or something. He... I don't even know why I liked him so much, but his name's Mr Baker. He was incredible. Um, My year five and six teacher, though, in terms of my education and my sport... Um, was very influential so she was very good at maths and I was not very good at maths when I was in primary school Um, but she saw that it could be something that I was good at so she really got me focused on education as a whole I would say but maths was something that she definitely improved Uh, she also loved cricket and sport and just being out so I was really lucky that during those two years of school she had both of my interests and she really helped um, like build us up into some confidence. What's her name? Shout out. Miss Chapman. Um, yeah, I've got to say, like I go back to Palm Beach Primary and then Palm Beach Crumman High and there's teachers that change the pathway you're on. No, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, you're one of the best public speakers that I've ever come across in three decades in rugby league. Is it something that you worked on at school as well? Yeah, in primary school I did public speaking and I did debating. Um, When I got into high school I did a little bit of debating as well but most of my speaking in high school was around sporting environments and 
being a part of the leadership teams throughout my years. But yeah, public speaking, when I was going through primary school, I went to some competitions and stuff. So I was very lucky to get that. And I don't think I realized how much it was going to help me in my future. But yeah, public speaking is something that I've definitely done before. When I say the words rugby league, what's the first words that pop into your mind? I love it. <laughs> I want it to be obviously my future, but I want it to be a future for young girls. And at the end of the day, as much as I want it to be a career, it is a game and I do really, really enjoy it. And I just hope that that's something that I can do for a long time. Kira Dib, thanks for joining us on The Perfect Ten. Thank you so much for having me. That is Kira Dib on The Perfect Ten. Such a special talent and a huge future ahead of her. And as you heard, she presents so well that she could be heading for a career in the media or commentary in years to come. By the way, Daniel Bosley, still in the studio from Robson Civil Projects, our naming rights partner. Daniel, I saw on social media Robson's doing a beautiful project in Newcastle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got a project up at Honeysuckle for the Hunter Central Coast Development Corp. It's a great organisation for a local company like Robson's to be involved in. If there's a captain in a footy team, who's that person at Robson Civil Projects? Who's the person that inspires everyone? Uh, well, Grant Robson, our managing director, he's a he's an inspiration to everyone. He's such a nice, nice guy to get along with. He's got an open door, but he's definitely got that respect there that he is the boss. Daniel Bosley from our naming rights partner, Robson Civil Projects. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Perfect Ten. Next up, a man who won a silver medal at the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. It was one of the greatest nights in sporting history. Mogul Matt Graham, coming up next. The Perfect Ten.